Hello and welcome to The Dentist Podcast. I'm Eddie McKenzie, editor of The Dentist magazine, and today I'm talking to Jackie Elsden, president of the British Association of Dental Nurses. Jackie led a panel discussion at Dental Showcase last month, looking at the recruitment and retention crisis in dentistry. This is an issue that many are currently struggling with. The workforce market is changing, and whether they like it or not, practices are going to have to adapt accordingly. And in today's conversation, we're going to be looking at some of the things that can be done to help attract and keep the staff that practices need. So, Jackie, let's start with the obvious one. Um, I appreciate it isn't all about money, but certainly one of the main things that came out of that discussion at Showcase was the perception of being undervalued and the low rate of pay. So if we can just start picking the bones out of that, if you could set the scene for us in terms of how you currently see the situation in terms of rate of pay for dental nurses. Well, I think um, I think dental nursing has always, um, you know, as a dental nurse, you've always historically received, you know, a lower than average pay in terms of um, compared to the rest of the team. And that years ago made sense in a way because we didn't need a qualification to actually work we could just actually be brought off the street and trained in practice um, and there you are that you're a dental nurse and responsibilities you know when I first started in the 80s were very much less than they are now in terms of legislation so you can see all of those extra things that we experience today and I think that um, you know historically because that's always been the case there's there's this you know expectation that um okay so that's always happened so let's always do the same but i think you know when we're almost sort of a perfect storm now in terms of you know wanting to make a change in terms of um being recognized for what we do um you know there's been a lot going on in the background registration for dental nurses happened in 2006 and because a lot of dental nurses at that time actually decided they didn't want to be on the register, they didn't want to have to go through a process. So, so we lost some of the workforce then. Um, and then obviously uh, with the financial crash, we came, we sort of emerged onto the GGC register, you know, amidst a financial crisis. So so did, did rates of pay rise following registration with the G- GDC? Was the extra professionalism if you like reflected in salary increases certainly there was some evidence that yes that did happen slightly um, which is why we also took a benchmark in terms of a salary survey in 2009 Um, we sort of allowed I wasn't in BADN at the time but they allowed you know a year for things to settle down workforce to sort of position themselves um, and we actually did carry out um, a salary survey uh, at that time. So 33% of the respondents in 2009 um, indicated that they earned between 15 to 20,000 pounds. So if we're working on a 40 hours per 40 hours per week. Well, well, that's that's actually what I was going to ask you. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. This is actually something I wanted to get into in a little bit more depth because. When looking at the stats when they were released, the, the more recent stats when they were released, it, they didn't seem to be adjusted in terms of the hours worked. And of course, that that can change things very dramatically. If you're getting X amount for 40 hours a week, that might be a low rate of pay. But of course, if you're only doing 25 hours, the rate's actually much better. So um, without the information of the hours, it, it's, it's really difficult to know exactly what the number means, isn't it? I, I appreciate getting that uh, information might be more difficult uh, 
it might be more difficult to collect that but it's yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's all very difficult it's all very difficult to find out because then you get into too much detail and then there's too much data we just wanted to do sort of like global figures just to give some trends we conducted this uh another salary or we had done intermittently since 2009 but the latest one was conducted in um 2020 at the end of 2020 um and interestingly uh 33 of respondents um and it can't be the same 33 percent i'm sure but 33 percent of respondents were also were still on 20, 15 to twenty thousand pounds so you know when you're comparing one to the other in terms of that particular data you know indicated to us that there hadn't been a shift upwards in dental nurses salaries um, and you know interestingly 29% of dental nurses who responded in 2020 were earning less than that they were on 10 to 15,000 pounds well that that's actually the exact figure i was looking at when questioning it is that that can't be someone working uh, full time 40 hours a week that that would have to be someone part time and so again it, it's difficult to know what that means in terms of of the rate so um but let's take a step back though, if we can. I mean, individual practices and, and nurses will know what rate they pay. So I guess a base question is what, in your view, is the right rate in inverted commas? What, what, what should it be in your eyes? I don't think I can specifically say a rate because that obviously varies from region to region across the country. And every, you know, if we're talking about dental practices, everyone is going to be different to the next. But, um, I think, it's 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 absolutely more than the minimum minimum wage and certainly more than the national living wage you know when you think about the training that they need that they, they've been through um and the value that they can they can add to your practice um you know dental nurses you know i love being a dental nurse i'm still a dental nurse you know there is this assumption that Dental nurses always want to go on and be a hygienist therapist or, or become a clinical dental technician. I mean, I know plenty of dental nurses who have gone through that route um, and actually to then um, practice as a dentist. So, you know, there are those that do want to go through, go up the skills escalator, if you like. Um, but there are many, many more dental nurses that want to be be a dental nurse, remain as a dental nurse and move sideways. Um, and I think... You know, it's it's very difficult to actually put a figure on anything. I think it's all about understanding each other. So for the dental nurse actually to understand um, how a dental practice works and operates um, and not simply comparing it to another industry or another profession, um, but also for the employer to understand, you know, how how much respect and and uh, acknowledgement a dental nurse desires in fact um and you know they would love to stay at the practice if they're given more responsibilities and acknowledged for that um i would suggest that a dental nurse we're, we're quite loyal although some people say that we're not but we are if 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 we feel invested in if we feel appreciated well, just just on the point specifically on loyalty that's it's an interesting point because Whilst I think most people at face value would say that loyalty is a good thing and therefore should be valued, often the reality is is the opposite, and people are people end up being almost punished for their loyalty. Generally, generally speaking, people who move jobs more often are rewarded um, are rewarded for doing so with a larger salary. That's just the nature of the market. If somebody is loyal, the chances are they'll 
put up with more. They'll, they'll put up with a with a lower salary. They'll, they they won't be as as forthright in demanding more. So it can loyalty can actually work against people. But this actually does um, introduce the subject of value and worth, which I'd like to explore a little bit as well, because um, sometimes in these conversations, when talking about uh, what a role is worth, we say that some some somebody should be paid more, and we make almost a moral judgment about it that a role should be paid a certain amount. But actually, it's not really a moral question. It's an, it's an economic one. And and the market decides what value something is. And there, there are a range of factors that make, make up something's worth. And it's not just a case of... Um, it's not just a case of one side saying that they should be worth more. I mean, it's just all about supply and demand, isn't it? Yeah. With anything, really. Um, so, you know, potentially, I think dental nurses are in quite a good position currently to actually um, negotiate professionally um, with their employers. If you know, and and if they're not happy about something, then to actually, you know, bring that forwards. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. Um, you know. It's important that you do raise your voice, not shout, but you know, bring yeah. your voice to be heard, um, and you know, negotiate with your employer. Talk to them, which is about each side. So, you know, dental nurses speak up and 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 say what you you feel, and and practices, you know, listen to what's being said, but also the the both of you understanding that you still have to make you know, make the business work, um, you know, and, 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 and how do we do that? So maybe, you know, make it a little bit more inclusive um, in terms of, you know, deciding what you feel you might be worth, for example. Yeah, it, it definitely needs to be a two-way conversation where both sides understand how a, a particular a rate or value has, has been reached. But um, just to go back to a point made at, at the um, panel discussion at Showcase, uh, I think it was Rebecca Silver who said, um, negotiate with your dentist or practice manager if you're confident enough to. And of course, the trouble with that, the trouble with that is you, you, you have to have the conversation regardless of how, how confident you are. It's, it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people aren't comfortable having those, um, types of conversations and it, with good reason, it can be quite intimidating, particularly if you feel like your job is on the line if it goes wrong. So what what would you say or what would the BADN say to, to those who are less confident? What, what should they do? How should they approach things? Yeah, it's all about taking a breath, really, isn't it? Taking a step back and, and talking to someone else that's independent from the situation so that maybe you can share you know what you want to discuss with them and and talk about it in a in a in a way that's you know a little bit not as heated not as um stressful um and you know it might be that you know um you can find someone to to go with you to help uh mediate or to you know practice manager for example you know talk to your practice manager um you know they're equally as important in terms of negotiations um, you know they're, they're sort of in between aren't they so you know ideally if you can if you can approach them and, and ask them for some support but but I mean if not then you know come to at BADN we've got um, you know people that can support you to negotiate just to sit down and sort of give you some ideas about how to go into this in a in a professional way not a demanding way um and and to understand you know again about the other side of things 
um, so that you, you know it doesn't come across as a bit of a um, an awkward situation, but that you you can negotiate with confidence. Um, you know, but it's it's I, I do think that um, yeah, because you know this person is paying your wage at the end of the day, and you know there there could be this feeling that well if I challenge if I challenge my employer, what's going to happen? So I think it's all about building that rapport with your employer and vice versa in terms of, you know, coming to some understanding. And if you really just don't meet an understanding, then, you know, accept that that's the case. And and and, and sadly, you may need to look for something else. But, you know, if you can really, you know, express as a dentalist, express how you feel about where you want to go and what you want to do and, and what you f- feel that you're worth is entering into those negotiations with a little bit of confidence and, and that will grow. You know, it's 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 trying to bring the two sides together, really. Yeah, and I think that's actually an important point. I'm sure I'm sure there are some dentists or practice owners listening that are slightly uncomfortable with the idea of encouraging dental nurses to to be confident when when negotiating. But actually these types of conversation when done properly, there is actually a massive benefit to the practice as well, isn't there? It, it frustrates me sometimes when people approach negotiations as if they're asking for a favour. That, to me, immediately sets the wrong tone. It's not then a professional conversation. Whereas if you are talking about the business and the value of a role, if both sides are speaking the same language, then there's there's going to be clarity on that and there can there therefore be a shared understanding moving forward. If a, if a dental nurse wants to pursue extra training or take on more responsibility and she can justify that, then it's a, it's a good thing both for them and for the practice. So these types of conversations, they shouldn't be avoided. They have to be, they have to be embraced, don't they? Yes. And it's, it's about, you know, encouraging practices to carry out appraisals, you know, appraisal, the word things, Oh my goodness, that lengthy useless (laughs) process, but actually doesn't need to be lengthy. You know, it it can be, you know, a shortened version of an annual appraisal, but at least have those check-ins every now and again so that you might, you know, you have somewhere to go. You've got the opportunity to actually talk in a safe space. And, and so things don't become heated and don't become, it's, you know, nobody is resented, if you like, um, and that you do get to that crisis point. It's all about, you know, those intervening situations. So and recognising it's, you know, it's like I've mentioned before, if you if you sit down and talk to your dental nurse and ask them where they want to go and what they want to do, at least you've got an idea of that in the first instance. And if, you know, you don't want to lose them. It is, you know, I hear so often de- dentists saying, um, well, I don't want to train my dental nurse because then they're going to leave me. You know, if I'm going to train them in other things, they won't stay. But what I would say to that is that if you take the time and trouble to find out um, and communicate with your dental nurse and demonstrate that you do um, acknowledge them and, you know, respect them, uh, they're more likely to stay because, you know, once they've done all that training, they think, great, I'm going to be able to use this now in the practice. And so I feel more fulfilled and more developed. And so, you know, dental nurses have remained in, in practices. I mean, I, I was in my first one for a very long time. But I, I just to sort of tell you a story here in terms of, you know, other members of the team, I did leave a practice at one point where I found out that the receptionist was being paid more than myself. 
And this is another thing that happens in practice. It's all about don't tell anybody else what you're getting paid. And that's not a great culture to encourage either. That's, I'm sure, something that's definitely going to be uncomfortable uh, for many people to hear. I guess this is just a, a general societal thing, though, that um, people always say don't discuss um, religion, politics or money. Admittedly, people seem more open to be to discuss religion and politics now, particularly on social media. But money still seems to be um, a bit of a taboo. Would you encourage then a team to be um, open about money and rates of pay? I would. I mean, it, it's not always an easy thing to do. And a lot of people like for that information to remain private. Um, so I fully understand that. But if if we're thinking about, you know, working together in a culture that's, that's productive um, and, you know, you have respect for each other, I mean, there is going to be a hierarchy. Um, you know that goes without saying it would nice if it would be nice if it was a flattened hierarchy but there will always be a pay difference you know between the roles you know that's that's that goes without saying um but you know in terms of there being some sort of um transparency amongst staff it means that everybody knows where they're going and they would have aspirations to to go within that practice to to another role potentially so whilst, you know, whilst I was saying maybe not all dental nurses might want to be a remain as a dental nurse, some might want to actually move through those roles within in that particular practice. Um, uh, you know, and, and looking at it from an, a business point of view, if you've got a dental nurse that can do um, s- some of the things, let's say oral health clinics for children and, and families, that type of thing, you know, you can add value to your practice and your patients will be, oh, you know, our practice does does that. So you could have a dental nurse leading some clinics on that. Um, you know, that's just one example. But it's, it's it's thinking about different things with your dental nurse um, in, in order to encourage them to stay with you. Just talking there about, about value and understanding value um, and the different services that, that nurses can provide. I guess one of the difficulties is that dental nurses don't bill patients directly for their services. So um, I better be careful how I phrase this because we had a, an article in Dental Nursing recently that made this point and it was um, misinterpreted on social media and people were, were um, suggesting that the article was saying that dental nurses aren't valuable and that's not that wasn't the point at all. The point was that if a hygienist or uh, uh, an associate bills for an hour's work that's a very obvious um and clear line of this hour brought in x amount and from that costs have to be taken out a nurse is one of those costs rather than the thing bringing money in directly and because of that working out the value of a a nurse's time is less certain and, and more subjective so how should a practice and and how should a nurse how should they go about working out accurately uh, and fairly what the value of a dental nurse's service is to the practice well i i guess it depends um as to where like i said before it depends where you are i guess in the country um you know cost of living is different in different parts of the uk um it's very dangerous, I think, to set a scale because, you know, people will migrate to the, the lower lower number of the scale in whatever situation. 
but you know there are there is um a pay scale for agenda for change within the nhs and you know again it's all about what you put into the role so you know if you have additional responsibilities you know there might be a, a situation where you feel that you you know you might want to negotiate for a little bit more money even 50p extra per hour might make the difference in terms of that nurse staying or that nurse going but until you explore that you don't know and from a dental nursing point of view you know we're passionate about what we do and like I said before you know I've been a dental nurse for I don't know I dread to think I think it's about four decades Um, but you know at the end of the day I think it's all about us as dental nurses also being confident in in finding roles that you know might be earning some more money but in 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 a different area to where we are I mean I think traditionally locally we might just land in a practice in the town where we're living so you know it might be that you might have to explore other opportunities in secondary care for example there's a bit more of a structure and there's a bit more of um uh, in, in terms of pay and career progression so you know within a hospital situation or community situation you might find that you can move on and um you can increase your pay that way but i think it is about supply and demand and i see on lots of many dental nurse forums and all of that type of thing on social media that you know locum dental nurses um we need locum dental nurses and and that you know recruitment agencies have have taken off in that respect because you know colleagues of mine have it's asked me you know Jackie where can I find a dental nurse so you know and I've seen you know pays pay scale on there for 25 pounds an hour to pay a dental nurse so you know when which is wildly different so you know you're going to find people queuing up to 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 fill that space so I think it is a case of you know supply and demand and just being aware of what's going on in your own area as a dental nurse in terms of you know talk to colleagues come and talk to us at BADN you know and, and find out find out that way you mentioned that um taking on extra responsibilities and this is something um which can bring up tension itself though can't it particularly when these extra responsibilities aren't properly recognized or rewarded of course we're all willing to take on extra work and show commitment to the cause and 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 all that and that's a good thing but if it but if it isn't made clear that it is a short-term measure or that there does need to be recognition eventually from this that can create resentment from people if you do if you do extra for too long it's no longer seen as extra that's that's then just your role effectively um so whilst it's good not to be seen as a a a job's worth or someone who doesn't muck in equally you have to nurses have to protect themselves from being taken advantage of um so when is the right time to have that conversation would you encourage a, a dental nurse to say from the from the very beginning when asked about extra services what's the remuneration or or when's the right time to do it well for myself i certainly would i mean i would certainly want to know what it involved altogether you know right from from the word go so you know it's 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 like um you wouldn't get into a contract with a phone company without knowing all the ins and outs would you so i think it's all about finding out and doing that research into um to what this role might entail and what will i actually 
how will I benefit at the end of it? You know, is this going to is it going to be more money in my pay packet or or am I going to be awarded, you know, another week's annual leave? Let's say, you know, we can all dream. But, you know, it's it's I think you're right. I think unless we sort of make a stand and actually start to um, be aware of our own value ourselves, you know, it's 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 a difficult ask then, isn't it, for someone else to to do the same? So I do think that we need we we need to stop saying to ourselves, "Oh, we're just a dental nurse." Um, you know, we are we are more than that. We can we can do many more things. We can add value um, to the practice in many ways. But I do think you're right. I do think that um, I certainly would. If before I got into any um, additional responsibilities, I would want to know what that entailed. Does having the conversation in that way actually make it easier for the practice owner or or manager? I'm sh- I'm sure some won't like the idea of every due to your request being answered with a "What's in it for me?" But does having the conversation where there is clarity in terms of the value of of an activity actually make it easier in some ways? I assume it's it's perhaps easier in terms of getting buy in from dental nurses when they're um, asking them to do extra work and and equally if the nurse suggests something or wants to take on an extra service and make a positive business case for it it's much easier for the for the manager to accept or 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 reject based on the business case yes absolutely I think you know and as we said in the beginning practices are small businesses aren't they so they need to you know balance the bottom line so it is a case of um uh, yeah, I, th- I do think I do agree with you that, um, you know, we need to stand for what we feel is is our worth um, before we actually enter into anything like that. But it's 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 having that information behind you as well. So if you are asking for something or you do want to take on more responsibility, even if you haven't been asked to do it yourself, um, you know, take all of that information to the practice owner practice principal or whoever it is that you're working with and say look I really want to do this I think this is you know how it might turn out um this is these are the financials this is what the outcome would be you know and in terms of your practice and and the business we're going to get x amount of you know other patients into the practice because of of this service that we can now offer you know so I yes I think looking at it from a business point of view rather than a Oh, you know, it would be really nice if, you know, because that doesn't show any degree of confidence, if you like. It's just a nice to do. And we all like to have nice things. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all, it does come down to the financials of, of everything, doesn't it? The, the pound rules everything. <laughs> the, the, the pound rules everything. Although, having said that, going back to the discussion at Showcase, it was interesting that whilst money is obviously important, a driver for a lot of nurses seem to be other things as well, such as time off to study or, or opportunities to expand their their knowledge or progress their career. And th- those things can make a, a huge difference, can't they? Although actually, the thing that really surprised and, and shocked me a little bit about that um, conversation was the fact that some of the dental nurses were saying that what they really wanted and would have would would particularly appreciate was just basic respect and politeness 
the thought that that the thought that that isn't happening in some places just just seems incredible absolutely absolutely you know um and I, it is all about that respect for each other you know there, there's plenty of small little things that seem you know insignificant um like like your reaction um just smiling and and actually just having a, a pleasant conversation um is even just when you're closing down at the end of the day, say to say to say to your dental nurse, or can I just help you with that? Can I just empty the bin? Shall I take them down to the the bin store? Or, you know, um, before you run over at the end of the day, you know, you know, say ask. Don't assume that your dental nurse will stay. You know, and don't make it a habit either. You know, it's it's all about respecting each other's space. But you know, it's. Um, it is. It's about smiling in the morning and speaking to the dental nurse. I mean, I, I worked in practice where, you know, I wasn't allowed to talk to the patients even. So, you know, it's, it's yes, I mean, I, we, I, we are going back a little bit in time there. But, um, you know, it's having that because let's face it, you know, if you're full time and you're in practice, you probably are at work longer than you are at home. You're waking hours, obviously. Um, so it's all about being valued so I don't know small things like um, doing something for a birthday for example you know bringing cakes in or uh, cakes and sweets are everywhere in practice right Um, but you know something to to acknowledge that it is those little small things that often all add up to make it you know much more meaningful as to why you're there and generally just being being helpful and understanding (laughs) Well, you said there that it's 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 just small things, and this is going to sound horribly cynical, so I apologise in advance. But they're also relatively cheap things too, certainly compared to uh, a big pay rise, anyway. So, if being nice is the thing that keeps dental nurses happy or keeps them at the practice, it could actually save the dentist a, a lot of a lot of money and a lot of hassle too, couldn't it? Um, Jackie, that's about all we've got time for, I'm afraid. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really good speaking with you. Just finally, if anyone does want to get in contact with you or wants any more information about the BADN, uh, where can they go? Yeah, so the, the website's uh, all the W's, badn.org.uk. Um, but yes, Google us, you know, it'll come up on on the on Google and you've got all the contact details there in terms of the head office number. Um, but yeah, so thank you for the opportunity, um, to discuss what we've discussed today, Eddie. It's been really interesting. 